Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 23 years. By day, I'm a process analyst in the power industry, and by night, I'm an author, blogger, and virtual assistant. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jesse Tuggy, and I've had type 1 for 7 years. I love hiking and painting, and I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 21 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're talking about setting diabetes goals. Also, welcome to 2020. Reminder for our audience, if you have any questions about type 1 diabetes, please leave us a comment or an email at colleen at inspiredforward.com, and we'll still answer listener questions in future episodes. Jesse, you are up for our win of the week. Yes, I am. So today, since it's still 2019, I had my last doctor's appointment for diabetes, and my A1C was 7.3, which is so great for me, especially being 17. And like, so the average for an A1C for a kid my age is a lot higher than this. So every time I hear that 7, 7.3, 7.6, it always makes me feel really good. Plus, I've always struggled with not stressing out with A1Cs and doctor's appointments in general. So today, I just really stayed calm. Like, it, it was really hard for me, but I really stayed calm and was collected today. And it, it was a struggle, but I did it. So that's my win of the week, and I just felt really proud of it. Good job. I'm proud of you. So I'm up for the fail this week, and this is my fail. So on Sunday, after I ate some breakfast and it had minimal carbs in it, my blood sugar went up to about or around 200, even though I had like a lot of insulin on board from trying to stop the rise. And I didn't eat anything for the rest of the day. And I actually changed my site in the middle of watching a movie because my number just wouldn't stop going up. And it was just really frustrating for me. So it's, it's just another example of how this disease does not behave predictably. And we need to always keep an eye on it. So our hack for this week goes to me. So my hack is to stay calm and listen to what your endocrinologists and your doctors have to say rather than dreading it and focusing on the bad things that you may think happen. I know I've always struggled with this. It's always been super hard for me to just stay calm, listen, and not take it as criticism. So that's what I'm telling you to do today. It's like if you're new to diabetes and you're new to being a diabetic, just stay calm, listen to what they have to say, and don't focus on the negativity of it. Just focus on what you did right, focus on what you're doing right, and just keep going forward with those extra thoughts in mind of what your doctor has to say. Because they just want to make sure that you're happy and healthy. That's their main goal is to make sure that you're happy and that you're healthy. Also a disclaimer, since I did have my diabetic appointment today, I might sound tired because I am. Diabetic appointments really wear me out. I'm sure they do for a lot of you guys, but like I'm just exhausted today. So I think we can summarize your diabetes hack as keep calm and carry on. In the most simplest of terms, yes. All right, so this is our first episode of 2020, so it's fitting that we should talk about setting goals, specifically diabetes goals. First, we're going to talk about the importance of actually setting goals. Having goals is how people move forward in life. The goal is to graduate high school with straight A's. The goal is to land a good job after college. 
The goal is to earn a salary or a wage that's more than enough to support you. The goal is financial independence. That's one of mine. The goal is to lose weight. All around you, people set, pursue, and achieve or fail at their goals. Setting diabetes goals gives you something to shoot for. If your last A1C was in the 8% range, then the goal for the next visit would be to get it below 8%. If you're having problems with how different foods affect your blood sugar, the goal would be to eliminate the offending food from your diet, and that might take a while to identify. When you were first diagnosed, your goal was to learn how to take care of yourself, or that was the goal of your parents. Since that's kind of a tall order just saying that, depending on how old you were when you're diagnosed, it's helpful to break it up into smaller pieces. So you had to learn a lot of little things that added up to taking care of yourself, like how to carb count, how to give an injection, how to change an infusion site, how to test your blood sugar, and even how to put on a CGM. Without those goals, you'd be what a lot of doctors call brittle diabetics, and your health wouldn't be so great. Without setting diabetes goals, there's no real way to tell how much better we're getting with our care or even our overall health. There's a saying that goes, what gets measured gets managed. If you're measuring your A1C, your weight, or anything else, those are the things you pay attention to and quote-unquote manage. But if you don't have a desired end state or a long-term goal, the metrics lose meaning. Knowing your A1C is 7% won't really mean anything to you unless you desire to bring it lower. So before you decide on any diabetes goals, even for lowering your A1C, ask yourself a few questions first and be honest with yourself. Make sure you like your reason for any goal you set. So the first question is what? What do you want your diabetes to look like in 10, 20, 30 plus years? Do you want it to be well controlled? Maybe in the back of your mind or cured? I know we all hope for that last one, but don't put off taking care of yourself in the hope of a future cure. You still need to deal with all of the realities of long-term complications, even if you don't take care of yourself. The second question is who? Who are you setting these goals for? Is it yourself, your spouse, or your partner, your doctor, family, friends, or maybe someone else? Make sure you're clear on just who you're doing this for. A lot of people only try to lose weight or lower their A1C to get their doctors off their backs. The best goals you could possibly set and pursue are ones that you set because they're for you, not for someone else. And the third question is why? Why is this goal important to you? Why are you doing it? Make sure you like your reason. All right, our next section is how to stick to long-term goals. So don't try and set really big goals right up front. If your A1C is high and unstable, don't make your goal to reach 5% A1C in the next three months unless you're actively working with your doctor to achieve it and you're willing to try some unconventional methods like switching to low-carb protocol. Colleen has done this and it works. The key to smashing every goal out of the park is to make it super simple to understand and to break it up into pieces you can actually manage. So Colleen wrote a blog post earlier this year about setting goals and the takeaway from the post is to break down your goals into small, challenging, but manageable pieces that are easy to repeat if necessary. It's also key to remember that this is a lifelong thing. Sticking with your diabetes goals and habits long-term is the only way we'll live to be the oldest living diabetics history has ever seen. In 2013, Three News in New Zealand reported on a woman who was diagnosed at age six and at the time had type one for 78 years. She was 84 in 2013 when they reported this, but I can't find anything that says she's alive now, seven years later, when she'd be 91. Dr. Richard Bernstein, a doctor on the East Coast who specializes in diabetes care, was diagnosed at age 12, and he's still practicing medicine today at age 85. He's had it for 73 years. 
He also wrote a book called The Diabetes Solution, which we'll link to in the show notes. Technology is also helping us with our long-term diabetes goals. Over the last year, since I've been on the Dexcom G6 with Tandem's basal IQ algorithm, my A1C has gone from 5.8% to 5.1%. I'm curious if part of that drop is related to getting involved with the diabetes community and also running this podcast. Rob Howe from Diabetics Doing Things reported that there was a clinical study where respondents who said they were active in their diabetes communities, whether online or in person, had lower A1C results than diabetics who don't get involved. I find this amazing, and it's kind of an incentive to everyone listening to get more involved in your diabetes communities. Make sure you involve your care team with any diabetes goals you set. They're there to support you and help you reach those goals. So here are a couple of examples of diabetes goals. Improving your A1C, losing weight, increasing your time and range, reducing the amount of insulin you use, basal testing, sensitivity testing, carb ratio testing, volunteer involvement, community involvement, including reaching out to your local police department about training officers to recognize type 1 diabetes in the field. Listen to episode 16 for more about police officers and type 1 diabetes. Stocking up on supplies, helping another diabetic in your area, going on a trip without worrying about having enough supplies, stop practicing some bad habits that we've discussed in episode 13, create a long-term control plan, Fill out all your backup and emergency kits. We'll link to the expiration tracker in the show notes. Listen to episode 17 for more details. Attend diabetes camps. Go to JDRF and other community events. Learn how to fit exercise into your care routine. Educate yourself about diabetes. That possibly confused you for a while now. So our next section here is quick tips for improving your A1C and time and range. Since improving your A1C and your time and range will probably be popular diabetes goals, here are some tips for achieving those. Remember, it's always important to do your own research, do your own experimentation to find out what works best for you, and keep your doctors informed about what you're doing. The first one is to check the range on your pump or CGM. If your range is wider than 90 to 180 mgDL, shrink it down to there to start. I worked my way down to a range of 83 to 140, which is the range for normal non-diabetics. If your high line is above 180, you're not catching your highs fast enough, so bring it on down. The next one is to figure out what food doesn't affect your blood sugars more than you're comfortable with. As Jesse and I have said before, we both eat low-carb, which is the best diet for us. If I even look at a cookie wrong, my number will go up. I've never had better A1Cs than I have while I've been on a low-carb protocol. The next one is if you don't have a CGM, get one. CGMs are the single most valuable tool in a diabetic's arsenal. If I had to choose between a CGM and the pump, the CGM would win hands down every single time. The information it provides is just that valuable. The next tip is basal testing and bolus testing, and those can help you fine tune how much insulin you actually need to stay in range. Carb sensitivity testing for your ratios also gives good information about if you're using too much insulin or eating too many carbs. The next tip is incorporate regular exercise into your daily routine. Regular exercise helps stabilize blood sugars even after the workouts are complete. Walking is just fine. Just find something you enjoy doing so it doesn't feel like a chore. If you hate going to the gym, don't go to the gym. Find something else. For the few jiu-jitsu sessions I tried out, my blood sugars were actually really stable during the following days. And then our last tip for this is to review the episode we did on the bad habits for type 1 diabetics. Choose a few of them to eliminate that would help reduce your A1C. Now we're going to talk about what our goals for 2020 are for diabetes. 
since I'm going into 2020 with an A1C of 5.1%, and that's an average blood sugar of 100 mgDL, my goal for 2020 is to keep it below 5.5. I was happy staying steady at 5.8, and I actually hadn't thought about the next lowest number to reach other than 5.7, which is the non-diabetic threshold. And fun fact, one of my doctors said my A1C is better than his, and he's not even diabetic. Obviously, another goal is to keep this podcast going every week without fail. There's just so many things to talk about when it comes to diabetes and so many opportunities to connect with guests and others in the diabetes community. And if there's someone you want us to interview on the podcast, send us a note. Let us know who you want to hear from and we'll try to make it happen. I also want to fill out all of my backups and emergency kits and make sure my expiration tracker is kept up to date. I have supplies kind of all over the place, like we talked about in episode 17, but I'm not as organized as I'd like to be in this area. I'll obviously earmark the quote-unquote expired supplies for immediate use and replenish kits with unexpired supplies. I think the bottle of insulin that I have at work expired in September of 2018, but it still works when I need to inject at work, and it's unrefrigerated. A pie-in-the-sky goal for this year is to keep the number of times my blood sugar exceeds 200 countable on two hands. I'm setting this goal because Tandem's Control IQ algorithm is rolling out at the end of January, and that's the technology that corrects for highs and stops insulin for lows. Time and range for Control IQ is astronomically high, like close to 99%. The range for Control IQ caps at 180 for the high line, so we'll see if I'm able to adjust my high target to match what I already have as my high line. So a quick recap of those 2020 diabetes goals. First one is to keep my A1C below 5.5. Second one is to publish 52 episodes of This is Type 1 every Tuesday for an entire year. Third one is to fill out all my emergency and backup kits, plus the expiration dates. And my bonus goal is to keep the number of times my blood sugar is over 200, less than 10. Jesse, what are your diabetes goals for 2020? So specifically, my diabetes goals this year are get my A1C down to 6.9 and be consistent with it. So there was one time this past year where I got my A1C down to 6.8. And I was super, super proud of that. But then it went back up to 7.3 and then 7.6 and now 7.3 again. So my plan is to get it down to 6.9 or below and keep it consistent. My second goal would be to do more diabetic fundraising, meaning raise more money at my school, get more money and funding for the JDRF programs, or even raise money to get new pumps or insulin supplies to kids and people who don't have as much access as I do. Another one would be to be more proactive in spreading diabetes awareness. And I know that's kind of hard to do since I already have a podcast. My social impact statement for my Miss Outstanding Teen is diabetes. And everyone at my school basically knows who I am because I'm diabetic. But, you know, those goals are high and I'm trying to go for them this year. And my fourth goal is to get on the new Medtronic pump coming out this spring. The first one that's coming out this year is going to be connectable to my phone, meaning not only does it have a closed loop system, meaning it corrects for both highs and low blood sugars, but it'll also connect to my phone. So then from now on, I'll know what my blood sugar is, even if I don't have my pump on me, which is bad. But if I don't, then I got it on me, my blood sugar on me. <laughs> and then after that, in a couple months after it comes out, there'll be another pump coming out through Medtronic that will connect to my phone, have a closed loop system, and it'll automatically bolt for high blood sugars right after meals. So if I'm high right after a meal, about a half an hour later, it'll automatically bolus for it, not just correct my basal. And then bonus this year, non-diabetic related, I would like to get an early acceptance into college. 
which I think is pretty obtainable with the GPA that I'm currently having. So Colleen, what do you have to tell us now? Just one last thing. Don't overwhelm yourself with goals. Pick up to three to focus on for the year and then just let the rest go for now. You can always come back to them later. I know we have a couple bonus goals for us, but we're also high achievers. So if four or five is too much for you, don't freak out. Just pick three and, or just pick one. Pick one to three and then move on from there. Now we're going to our next segment. Sometimes it's hard to find something relevant or newsworthy for type 1 diabetes, so we're kind of changing up the name of this segment to Diabetes Spotlight. This week's spotlight is on Eric Tozer, a type 1 diabetic who ran seven marathons in seven days on seven continents in winter of 2019. So his accomplishments include running across America. That's 3,000 plus miles across America in 15 days with 10 different type 1 diabetics. He ran 140.6 miles in the Ironman distance triathlons, 70.3 mile half Ironman distance triathlons, Olympic and sprint distance triathlons, 26.2 mile marathons, 13.1 mile half marathons, NCAA men's soccer final four all tournament team in 2004. Eric was a guest speaker at the JDRF Greater Northwest Type 1 Nation Summit in Redmond, Washington at the beginning of November 2019. He talked about what it took to do the World Marathon Challenge, and he's an example of the truth that type 1 diabetes will only hold you back if you let it. Exercise with type 1 diabetes is difficult to manage and difficult to get right, but Eric seems to have figured out what works for him. And you can find out more about Eric on his website, which is erictozer.com, and we'll link to it in the show notes. So our question to you guys this week is pretty simple. What are your diabetes goals for 2020? Or what are your New Year's resolutions that you plan to make that you're going to stick to this year? For reals, are you going to stick to them this year? So that is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 21. That's the number 21. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, please leave us a comment or send an email. You can get straight to our podcast page by going to thisistype1.com. Our music, which is amazing, is by Joseph McDade, and our audio wizard, who is a fantastic man, is my husband, Tim. I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. I'm on Instagram as at jj underscore crystal kat. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, since that helps other people find us. Be sure to listen in next week when we talk about how to handle restaurants and eating out as a type 1 diabetic, especially if you don't know the ingredients or the carb counts and things. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.